Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Tooth Extraction, Lovely Listeners, Lippy Heating Mishap, Recycled Chopsticks and High Mileage Volvos. Yeah, Lippy. Hello. I've done it again. What have you done? I wasn't listening when you were talking. <laughs> when you were talking about millennial pauses last week, I don't oh, know what yeah. I was doing, but when I edited the tracks, I noticed that you said it wasn't only millennials, it was before millennials, and then I said exactly the same thing a couple of minutes later. <laughs> so I did I, think when we were talking about it, you you went into a bit of a rant about that, and I was thinking, I did say. <laughs> yeah, I do apologise for that. Clearly, I was looking for the next topic and just letting <laughs> you ramble a bit, but I must pay more attention. Yes. Interesting, though, you talk about them having that pause before you speak for things to get ready. Mm. We're using a product called Riverside. And interestingly, that gives you a countdown from five before you start. So it's got a built-in millennial pause. It does have a built-in millennial <laughs> pause. You're correct. <laughs> and your early version used to be a bit weird because it would go five, six, five, four, three, two, one. It, it didn't know how to count, basically. Yeah, but it, they fixed it's, that. It's learn. Okay. It's learn. <laughs> yeah, it has learned indeed. Now, you may have to do most of the talking today. That is not an issue. Yeah, I had a tooth out yesterday. Oh, I didn't know this. I've been hanging on to it, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and I'll explain why. So the problem is, it's it's a wisdom tooth. It's the last wisdom tooth I had. And it mm. had a V-shaped relationship with the next door tooth. So it was okay. a real food trap. So rather than having a constant gap, it petered off to nothing at the bottom. So constantly flushing food out of there. And as the dentist said, if it's food versus the tooth, food is going to win. And with the best mm. win in the world, you can't be cleaning it out with every mouth. So there was a bit of grumbling well, a few months back, and he had a look at it. And there was lots of talk of taking it out or replacing it. And then he said, well, the one next to it is a bit fragile because it's had uh, root canal work. So you might need to have that replaced with a cap. And that, all I could see, a pound sign was cute. Yeah. <laughs> So typically, I just I put it up. We had a review a couple of weeks ago, and bizarrely, a couple of days before, it really started crumbling. So I went in. He took another X-ray. He looked at. It, he said, "Nope, we're going to take it out." He said, "Because there's nothing underneath it." He said, "It's not doing anything. It's just there. There's nothing for it to work against." <laughs> so me trying not to have it removed was a bit pointless, really. Mm. So out it came. Um, it's okay, but it is. By the end of the day, it does feel a little bit tender. A bit tender. And it just, it just feels like I've run into a wall with my face. <laughs> that makes sense. That's a bit more than tender. <laughs> yes. So uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll muddle through this one. Yeah. Anyway, I had a message from Orange Marshall 2. Mm. And he said, great lifting, Grumpy. Thank you very much, Orange Marshall 2. So Orange Marshall 2 did the Great North Run in 2013 for the first time. Didn't know you were a runner. That's that's very impressive. Mm. Got back to the accommodation, had massive migraine, was ill, went to sleep, got up, ate something, was ill again. Just remember this local guy saying, go on, Tim, do it for Newcastle. Now, I'm not sure whether he's saying, go on, do it for Newcastle because he's been sick or because <laughs> he took part in the run. I assume it's the run, but... Uh, weird things happen north of the Thames, that's all I've got to say. 
Yes. So, well, well thank you for getting in touch. And we're off to the Brooklyn's Motorsport Day on Sunday, which is an extremely good day out if you like four wheels or even two. So you had some communication with the listener as well. I did. I was fully fangirled over. It was amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> and obviously, so were you. So were you. But you weren't there, so. I think I wasn't fangirled. Fan, oh, fan, do you not know the term fangirling? I thought it was fanboy and fangirl. Well, I just like to say fangirl because okay. the, the kind of squeals. <laughs> okay, I understand. No, I'm ah, joking. Ah. It wasn't that bad. He's listening probably as well. So. <laughs> yes, and I got his name wrong last time. I said it was Graphic Goffers. Yes. Yeah, you back, actually re-listened, didn't you? I, I did, and I think he should be known as Graphic Goffers from now on. I, yeah, I think Graphic go- Goffers isn't too bad. Could be worse. Could be Duck Boy. <laughs> it could be Duck Boy. <laughs> anyway, I Anyway, yeah, so we um, went out for dinner. It was his birthday. I won't say when. Don't know why. I feel like that's a weird thing to say when someone's birthday is. Um, So we went out for dinner for his birthday, not on his birthday. And we spent most the evening talking about the podcast, to be honest. And every time something happened and and he was like, I don't know where I heard that from. He was like, I heard it from your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He was extremely disappointed, though, because he was on Chris's stag do. And at one point, Duck Boy said... Oh well, you will have met him on the stag do talking about you, and he was he was gutted. He hadn't realised. Oh. He, he hadn't clicked. So um, he's going to have to formally introduce himself at the wedding because he will be there for the day. Excellent. I was going to ask. Mm. We did say you're you're not hard to miss though, especially out of Duck Boy's friends. You're probably the tallest. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't the. Well, there was quite a few of us oldies. So oh, maybe yes. it was hard to, to work out. Oh, that's a real shame. Yes. I think he just didn't realise that you would have been there. I think he just didn't link the no, connection. No, the two. Mm. Yes. Well, so maybe he was you want gutted. to order some more mugs and send one. I, I have been informed that he would love a mug. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. We'll uh, sort something out. <laughs> now, you told me today apparently you've had a heating mishap. Oh, God, I did something so stupid. Does it involve flooding the house? With no, water? not that stupid, okay. to be honest. Because that's yeah. my level of stupid. Yeah, not your level of stupid, my level of stupid, which is a bit more intelligent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, um, we have hive heating. It was already in the house. And the app on your phone, you can... We haven't turned our heating on, but every now and then I just do a little... Well, not every now and then. I've only done it once a couple of weeks ago. And then today, um, boosted the heating... So it, it's only on for about half an hour and it just warms the room up a bit Okay, for me. yeah, it just takes the chill off. Yes. Yeah, basically. So I, we have all our upstairs radiators off anyway, like the actual, they're twisted round to off because we don't need them on yet. Um, and then it's just the one next to me that's on. Mm-hmm. So I boosted the heating and, and I, it wasn't warming up and I was like, oh no. But I had to use it. So I was like, it's not like a boiler thing because like uh, it has, it did work like, a couple of weeks ago and then I remembered we had all of our water turned off to our downstairs bathroom because we had a a leak and where we will be ripping out we just got it turned off and he said that he would do it so that the radiators would still work although that's what I thought he said so I messaged duck boy and just said can you just confirm that he said the plumber said that the heating would still work 
in the living room and the downstairs bathroom, even though we've turned the water off. And Doug Boy came back saying, yes, he definitely said that, but he messaged him anyway, just to confirm. And he came back saying there might be an air bubble or an air... Airlock. Airlock. Yeah, or air in the top of the radiator, yes. Yeah, so said, asked me to go upstairs, turn off all the radiators upstairs, just have the downstairs ones on and do it again. And I was like, but that's how it was when I did it. So that's not going to make a difference because the radiators were all off upstairs. So then we're panicking, thinking there's like, we're going to have to get, well, it's the plumber who's a friend. So he wouldn't charge us stupid amounts, but we'd have to pay for him to come out and have a look and fix the airlock. At this time, I was Googling how to get rid of an airlock and it looks really confusing. So I was a bit stressed. And then I realized it, it literally, you know, when you're getting stressed about something and then all of a sudden it hits you and you know exactly what you've done. Yep. Oh, yes. But it's oh. So obviously it's smart heating. And if you try to boost the heating when the house is already at the temperature that you want to boost yep. to, it doesn't turn on the radiators. Yes. And that is exactly what I did. I was boosting to 19 degrees and apparently the house was already 19 degrees at the thermostat. That's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. No. I thought there was going to be a slightly different outcome to that, which is you turn the radiator off next to you. Oh, no. I was, and it wasn't that silly, but it was pretty silly because I, I know that about our hive heating. Yeah. Well, it's an easy mistake to make. I, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. It's the first time I've made it. We've lived here for a year and a half. Yeah. It's easily done. You'll make it several times. Again, mm. sure. But that was a stress. We stressed our plumber out with that too because he was like, oh no. I yeah, what have I done? Yeah. And I see, because I see your Amazon purchases, you bought yes. a heated laundry dryer. And these seem to be quite uh, topical at the moment, obviously, mm. with the cost of heating and using yeah. tumble dryers. And I'd be very interested to know how that works out. I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, really? Today's the first day I've used it. Yeah. And. It dries the piece of clothing hanging. So where it's hanging, that's bone dry. The rest of it is still soaking wet. Um, so now I've shut it in our smallest room to help. So hopefully it'll heat the room up a bit as well, which I think is what they're designed to do. I don't think they're designed just to be in an open space. And no. some of the more expensive ones you can buy with like a cover, which I think is how it's meant to be done. So if you don't have a small enough room to shut it in, I wouldn't. It's not worth it. Interesting. That's very interesting. It's a bit, little bit when I was motorcycling to work uh, over the winter, uh, which I wouldn't recommend unless you're uh, a real hardcore. Because yeah. A, it's freezing, and B, there's lots of slippery things around, mm. so you have to be very careful. Anyway, I had heated grips, which are similar sort of concepts. So the grip warms up, which is great. The inside of your hands are really warm, but the outside, and yeah. plus they're getting all the air over them, are freezing. So mm. the answer is actually, which we did blag for uh, Beaujolais rub, is heated inserts. So you put one glove uh, over yourself, which has got lots of little cables in it, a bit like yeah. uh, an electric blanket, and then mm. that goes inside your big gloves. Um, you plug yourself in, and, and you're nice and toasty. That makes sense, Yeah. yeah. In fact, we started uh, the event, because normally people go in cars, we decided to go on a trike. Obviously. In November. <laughs> yeah, Great idea. <laughs> so we went and blagged a whole load of heated clothing at the motorcycle show. So we had a heated waistcoat, heated gloves, and heated socks, of all things. Mm. And socks are really good, because the toes are one of the things that gets quite cold. And... Uh, 
we went to start at the Lord Mayor's office in London. Oh. Uh, you sort of slightly wonky building next to Tower Bridge. So we walk in there and they've got a, a metal detector that you have to walk through. So there's a pair of us with wires all over the place. <laughs> walk through it, not a beat. Oh my God. So I don't know whether there wasn't enough wires or whether it wasn't working. I would probably say it wasn't working. I think that's the most likely explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so that's a Bit. good um, consumer tip. Yes. Which is unusual. Or I would spend a bit more money on one of the ones that comes with a cover. Yeah. You if you don't have a smile. Yeah, I guess actually. Possibly. Yeah, we, Possibly. we could just buy like a table cover, winter table cover would probably yeah. work. Yeah, that sort of thing. But the thing is with these things, you've got, you know, Tumble Drive uses a lot of electricity to dry clothes. Mm. If you've got something that's using a fraction of electricity, exactly, it's yeah. probably not going to work. It's, yeah, that's what I kind of thought. And the reason we got it is because we don't use our tumble dryer because it's a washer dryer. Yeah. So it's not very it's not very good at drying, basically. It doesn't dry anything. And I worry about, especially in the winter, damp in the house from the washing being out for so long, trying yes. to dry it. Um, so I thought if we get a heated one, it'll hopefully dry it quicker and cause less damp. Yeah. So so we got one, but I think it will work fine in the little in the little downstairs room. That might be better. Mm. And also, we can pop the radiator on just in there as well, so it can be like it can the whole room will warm up then, and it will just dry it a lot quicker. Good. Well, I'll be interested to hear progress on that. Yes, I'll keep you updated. Yes, good consumer advice there. Right, back to nonsense. Yes. So I've always had a bit of a fascination for people that make models from matchsticks. Right. <laughs> and people have made colossal things. You know, massive great boats and buildings and all sorts from matches. And, it, mm. and it, I wouldn't have the patience to do it. Uh, no. I do admire the people that do it. So, gentleman in Germany has been making furniture from disused chopsticks. Ooh. And so, the chopsticks are made from bamboo, which is fast growing, as we know. We've got some bamboo in the back garden. And, um, yes, and he makes furniture from these disused chopsticks. He reckons he has saved more than 17 million chopsticks from landfill. That's impressive. It is impressive. However, I'm interested to know what process he has to go through with the used chopstick to make it reusable, if you see what I mean. Something that's fairly sustainable and fast-growing. Does it Mm. make sense to... We use it. I mean, if you put it to landfill, it will break down, presumably, because it is bamboo. Bamboo. And I still don't understand how you can make furniture from bamboo, and yet my underpants are made from bamboo. It's and different. As soft as you like. Yours are made from, like, bamboo leaves, aren't they, though? Not bamboo. Oh, I don't think so. No, I think it's the... The actual solid bit. Yeah. Maybe that's a bit of investigation. That is, yeah. I assume there's a lot of resin involved in that as well. Uh, I well, there will be an element of gluing together. As mm. there is with most, you know, most chunky bits of furniture I've got. Yeah. Planks of wood glued together. So that that's not not, not too horrendous, but that's really good. Mm. That's a really yeah, good cool. Of, uh, something that you throw away, and of course the restaurants benefit because they haven't got to pay for them to be taken away. So I'm just quite happy doing that. Oh yeah, that is good actually. Why wouldn't people be using chopsticks though? Because it's not like they go out of date. No, it's when they've used them for their meal. Oh, ooh, I'm not sure about that. Well, it's... You have people's saliva all over them. Well, yeah. 
They can't be washed if they're made from bamboo. Oh, I'm not sure about that now. That's creeped me out. <laughs> uh, one, the one thing that creeps me out more than everything, anything, is like saliva, re snot. Okay. So he uses heat to disinfect them, 400 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the old scale. Before I guess that would burn the germs off. It, well, absolutely. You'd hope so. Uh, for a desk, he uses about 10,000 sticks. So this is quite, quite a it heavy doesn't scale. doesn't seem that many. Yeah. Well, I suppose it depends how big the desk is. <laughs> it's, it's a tiny little one. It's, kids it's one. all the legs and everything made out of bamboo sticks. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, got a pic- I haven't got a picture of, the, of a desk. Interesting. Here. There's some shelves which have got metal bits in. So his aim mm. is to license over a hundred micro factories across the globe, giving hmm. life to one point five billion chopsticks. I feel like I may come round to the idea. It's just the germs. Yeah, but the heat will get rid of that. And as you say, it's sealed. It's not raw. I was going to say, but that's not about not that's raw germs. A tree is like plain wood. Yeah, I'll move on. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Anyway, um, anyway. So last weekend, I serviced my very high mileage Volvo estate, mm. uh, 281,000 miles, and I was filling in the ser- or going to fill in the service book and realised I'd actually run out of spaces. Oh my I, God. <laughs> the book is full. I've had to go on and uh, use the paint inspection section, which has never been used, bizarrely. Yes. Uh, yeah, so wow. that, was, uh, that was a bit of a surprise. So I've Impressive. The, um, hmm, the Volvo schedule. And talking about container ships, which you could argue the Volvo estate is, the largest container line in the world is rerouting its fleet to avoid collisions with endangered blue whales. Hmm. So that's the Mediterranean Shipping Company, or MSC, which you may have seen on boats. I'm companies. pretty sure that's a legal requirement. I, well, I don't think you can run into them. No, obviously not. No, what they're doing is avoiding areas where these whales are, so it doesn't yeah. disturb them. So I knew someone that their job was, they were like a marine life spotter on massive ships. So they would look out for marine wildlife to help avoid ruining habitats or areas where they lived. Yes, I think this is to avoid running into them, which is I think that would an be- accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's Avoid not, the accident. Yeah. We're not talking about uh, whaling, which... Uh, yes, yes. Some of the Far Eastern countries have done in the past. It's, this is about avoiding... So going further round, in this mm. case, it's the bottom of Sri Lanka, to avoid running into them. I think yeah, that's, that's a really good. Thing. Yeah, really, yeah. really good thing. And we should be doing more of that. Mm. Trying to coexist with, uh, with animals rather than plow straight over the top of the SMD. Now, I came across... A nice little tweet, I think it was, uh, during the week. And it says, could we, without relentlessly criticising, let people have their pumpkin spice and avocado toast and their fandoms, that's one for you, graphic goddess, <laughs> and, and their too early Halloween decorations of whatever little harmless things in which they manage to find a tiny shriveled flower of joy. He's absolutely right. It is, yes. Does um, does this no mean mock- Go on. you'll stop mocking me for watching Love Island? <laughs> yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it does. Does it bring you um, joy, for, though? 
It does. And I've watched the new Hocus Pocus twice. Okay, and it's not quite Halloween yet. You've never seen... You won't mock that, okay. No, I've not seen it either. Uh, Oh, have I? May have seen the first one. Mm. Um, I'm also not going to mock my colleagues that put their Christmas tree up in October. I'm not going to do that anymore. Oh, okay. However, (laughs) however, I am going to mock the companies that produce eye-wateringly expensive advent calendars. Oh, some of them are ridiculous. Well, it started off with a conversation with Wife of Grumpy, where she was talking about the Harry's advent calendar. The shaving brand? Yeah, she was talking about hair mills. That's how we got on to it. And she okay. said, oh, they do hair mills, but it's monstrously expensive. And my hair mm. is just not worth it. But mm. I use their razor, razors, which are very, very good. And they they keep sending new replacement razors, and I'm not getting through them quick enough. I stop that. And they're shaving cream. Very, very do you, can you pause your subscription? Yeah, you just pause it. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I do that. Because yeah. I've got one with Eastred, which is a vegan, similar to Harry's, but yeah. for women, basically. Okay. And I pause my subscription because I never get through them in time. No. Uh, well, I don't shave every day and there's not much hair to shave off anyway. So it's, um, And I don't yes. shave in winter because extra warmth. Yes, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we seem to have digressed somewhat. So anyway, so then my friend says, oh, have you seen they've got an advent calendar? It's £69. What? Sorry, what is in that? <laughs> well, apparently there's over £170 worth of yeah, uh, product. Mm. So actually, but that's retail cost. So who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but that got me thinking, what other advent calendars are there that are ridiculously expensive? So this is House and Garden magazine from uh, last month. So it's saying what are the best advent calendars? Well, best is a, an odd term. Yeah. So there's one from Liberty, which is £245, and apparently has a value in terms of products of over £1,000. Do you know what I'd really like to do, if I could, like obviously I can't afford to pay £200 for an advent calendar, but buy one and see how much everything in it costs? Yes, well you may well be able to do that with a bit of research, because it it might just tell you what's in it. So mm, true. that will be an interesting experiment. But. Mm. Oh, actually, no, there's a Fortnum and Masons, which is 245, and it's got £844 worth in it, and it actually lists all of the products. Mm. So you could, with a bit of work, work it out. So there's quite a few around that £250 mark, £1,000 worth of, of products in it. There is an advent calendar which I would like to try. I don't know how much it is. And I think they're quite hard to get hold of. And I can never remember the name. But you know the Fancy Jam Company? Oh, yeah. They do an advent calendar of little mini jams. Oh, very nice. Oh, what are they called? Do you know the one I mean with the red lid that's checked and the white label? Oh, yes, that's um, Bon Maman. Yes, they do an advent calendar. I I like those little jars. You could go to the hotel. Yes, it's a whole one of those. Anyway, so I then did a little bit more reading to find out what was the most expensive advent calendar ever made. And it's over $10 million. And and it is just grotesque. 
it's got things like massively expensive watches and jewellery in it. And it was constructed by a lady in the UK for somebody monumentally rich. Yeah, that and, seems... Um, yeah, it, it cost a million, which is just bonkers, utterly bonkers in my view, but I suppose if you've got the money, um, donate it to a food bank. Yeah, there is a lot better stuff you can do with that money than buy an advent calendar. Saying that, the jam one's only £24. Right, have you got a top tip? I do have a top tip. Well, I'm a, I'm a bit gutted. about. I'm about to make two points. I'm a bit gutted. At dinner with graphic goffers, we had said something and we said, oh, that would be a great top tip. And both of us forgot. And I'm, I'm messaged after and neither of us can remember what I'd said, which is quite common, to be honest. <laughs> and then, there, there is a way around this. I don't know if you've watched a series on Disney called Only Murders in the Building. Oh, I've seen the first season. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And I can't remember the guy's name. The, the character Martin Short plays, which yes. is brilliant. And he's forever recording bits, either yeah. in a little portable machine or on his phone. And that's, yeah. that's what you have to do. Um, and then I was going to say, the top tip that I did have, you were probably going to criticise me for, but not now, now. No, you're not going to. If it brings you joy, that's okay. I was so excited after I did it. So I made myself soup. I don't like soup. I know you don't like soup, but I like soup. But if soup. it brought you joy, brought you joy. If it brought you joy, then it did. So I bought, I bought a juicer. Did I tell you this? Have I mentioned no. this? Oh, I brought a juicer. Oh. But it's not just a juicer. It's a juicer, blender, grinder, all in one. Okay. From Sage, I want to say. I think Sage. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't too expensive, and. So and I've what we've needed a blender for ages because we don't actually have a blender. And then I've wanted a juicer because I'm trying to um start dieting for the wedding. But the big thing with the juicer is although it is very easy to clean this one, it's still like a lot of cleaning. <laughs> so I haven't used it that much. So anyway, so I got a blender in the hope that I was gonna make soup in the winter. So I made a pea and ham soup yesterday, last night. It took me 20 minutes. And oh my god, it tastes so good! I How was much so did happy. you get down your front? None. No splashing. No. Very good. And I did. I was poised when I went to turn the blender on. I was like holding the lid. Yes. I yes. was so in my head. I was like, I know exactly how this goes in movies. I so I was very like hand on the top, twist slowly. <laughs> Thankfully, I was fine. But yeah, I made pea and ham soup. Gave me four or five servings. So that's my lunch for the rest of the week. That's good. That's really very good. Yeah, so my top tip is make a winter soup. Okay. If it brings you joy, that's fine. <laughs> I'm enjoying this new grumpy. <laughs> it's, it's not going to last long, I tell you. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.